Conference realignment rolls on as BYU and the rest of the Big 12 have all eyes on Tucson for potential expansion as soon as this week with regards to Arizona. And we're also talking burning questions going in BYU training camp with players reporting today. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen to the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, diving right in on today's show, but a quick reminder that we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU. And folks, it's here. Uh, BYU Training Camp. We'll get into that here in just a moment. Uh, but the bigger story, I think, right now is all eyes right now are focused on what's happening in conference realignment. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's been a storyline that has been literally seemingly an everyday topic all offseason long, especially when it comes to the Big 12 Conference, of which BYU is now officially members. And the thing is, with Colorado making that jump last week to join the Big 12 ahead of the 2024 season, all eyes are on who is going to jump next, whether the Big 12 is going to go to 14 or 16 teams. Are they going to raid the Pac-12? Could they ultimately turn their eyes, as has been reported, and add UConn? Because it sounds like Brett Yormark wants nothing more than to have the UConn Huskies and their basketball brand as part of the conference. Everything that it seems like is all hinging this week, at least, and I'm not 100% convinced that this is the week that things are actually going to play out with regards to the next domino falling when it comes to conference realignment, but if it does, it seems like all eyes are on the University of Arizona. The Wildcats have long been rumored to be one of the more favorable uh, options for the Big 12 to add out of the Pac-12, and now with Colorado, who is also one of the programs or one of the universities that most Big 12 people thought that the Big 12 could pick off from the Pac-12, ultimately making that jump. Do the Wildcats ultimately say, you know what? Let's just cut bait and make the jump to the Pac-12. Let's get where things are stable. Let's be a Western, be part of the Western flank of that conference. Let's add our basketball brand to the best basketball conference top to bottom in the country. And let's just set ourselves up for the future. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to this because I would love nothing more. And you as a Cougar fan should welcome any and all additions to the Western flank of the Big 12 Conference because it means more options out in the Western uh, side of the United States of America. America, thereby allowing BYU maybe to play some more favorable kickoff slots rather than just 8 o'clock or 8.30 mountain time every single home game, it feels like. Now, that's not necessarily it's always going to be the case, but if you and Colorado are the only two members in the mountain time zone or the Pacific time zone, you can guarantee more often than not, if not, I'd say 80-90% of the time, you're going to be playing in that late TV window. If you have an Arizona, you have a San Diego State, you have Oregon or Washington, whoever it might be with regards to conference realignment joining out here in the West it opens up opportunities for BYU not to have to play as late games that's the number one thing for me if you're a BYU fan is that late TV window now you still will be playing in that late TV window there's no doubt about it but the thing is having mates out on this side of the on the of the country I should say 
would be absolutely awesome for BYU. The other thing about Arizona is because during the football season, they stay on Mountain Standard Time. They're not on Mountain Daylight Time. So they uh, actually have their clocks not change year, uh, every six months or so, whatever the uh, – what's the rotation? Is it eight or eight and four months? Whatever it is. Daylight Time, they don't do that. They stay on Mountain Standard Time year-round, which obviously would uh, get them a part of the year, at least in the Pacific Time Zone window. And that's the thing about this is it's all about TV windows. Is Arizona going to come in like Colorado and be an absolute difference maker in football? Probably not. Let, let's be honest. The, the Colorado Buffaloes were 1-11 in 11 years, one in 11 year, year ago. Deion Sanders jettisoned, I think, what was the latest report? 73 of their 80-plus scholarship players uh, during this offseason alone has completely revamped that roster. Arizona's in better shape football-wise than Colorado by leaps and bounds, but they're by no means world beaters. These are not programs that are going to come in and immediately challenge for Big 12 supremacy. Those programs would be a Washington. They would be an Oregon. They'd be a University of Utah. Those would be the programs that would come in and be the big dogs and would challenge for conference supremacy right away. These programs, speaking of Colorado and in this circumstance, Arizona, are coming in to destabilize the Pac-12, have it implode upon itself, and then bolster the Big 12 as the true powerhouse in kind of the, the, the four time zones of the country. The SEC is down in the southeastern part of the country. We all know that. They span all, as far west as Texas. The nice part about like the Big 12 and the Big 10, obviously, Big 10 gets into the central time zone uh, with Nebraska, etc. But the thing is, they don't... Uh, I'm, I'm mistaken in that. Big 10 gets all the way to LA. Apologies. They go to USC and UCLA. I'm still getting used to that, uh, that, that part of it. But they don't have the mountain time zone. The one thing that the Big 12, if it were to get it, they could span all four time zones in, the, in this country if they were to work everything out. If they added a Washington or an Oregon, and the re- the way you get those dominoes to fall is you need the domino of Arizona to fall. So if you're a BYU fan who wants to see a true uh, powerhouse Big 12, and that may be a relative term for some people out there who think that far and away the SEC and the Big 10 are the two power conferences out there. Sure, I, I can understand that, but if you want the Big 12 to be that number three conference, you want to see these dominoes fall. So you got to, in a way, be rooting for Arizona to decide, you know what, we're fed up with what's going on in the Pac-12, and let's make a move. All the reporting out there is completely changed in the Big 12. The the homers, as I called them, over the weekend, guys like John Canzano and John Wilner are saying that, well, there's a a bad feeling around the conference round. No kidding. Why wouldn't there be a bad feeling around the Pac-12 right now? You've lost three of your 12 members, and guess what? Arizona could make it a full third, no, the full quarter, maybe third quarter, no, third of your uh, conference could be gone as soon as this week. Who wouldn't be feeling down and out about how things are going in that conference right now? Every single member of that conference, speaking of university presidents, chancellors, athletic directors, coaches, and the like, should all be fretting and looking at what the future might hold for their conference. Could they ultimately band together at a San Diego State and figure things out? Sure, but they have things very, very backwards, according to their own statement from the Pac-12. We're going to get our media rights still locked in and then go after expansion. What in the world? world are these jabronis thinking in the Pac-12? They've got it so backwards in so many different ways, and that ultimately may be the reason why Arizona, if you believe some of the reporting out there on social media, the hashtag sources out there, that may be why Arizona says, you know what? I'm out. 
we're thank you, but no thanks. We're moving on. We're gonna join the Big Twelve, and we're gonna we're gonna stake our future there. That's that's why things may ultimately play out the way that they play out. But we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, if you want a conference realignment action, I think all eyes this week are on Tucson. And you, as a Cougar fan out there, and yours truly included, I'm rooting for Arizona to make the move because I think it only bolsters the overall strength and depth of the Big Twelve conference. Brings another Western uh, member of the conference to obviously pair with BYU and Colorado out on this side of the country and also makes basketball that much better, which, by the way, the Big 12, they are going to start generating extra revenue at some point. It feels like down the road where they may decouple their TV rights football from basketball and sell them completely separately, thereby potentially adding more money to the coffers. Now, that's probably five, six years down the line when that a new media rights still actually longer than that. I'd be pushing into 20, the early 2030s when the media rights come up again. But uh, that could obviously be a future revenue producer for this conference. So they're the thing about the Pac-12 right now is they're teetering uh, really, really, really bad right now. It's it's not pretty. I've talked with some friends who are uh, Pac-12 fans that are fans of different schools in Pac-12. They're not feeling good about things. Whereas the Big 12 right now, things to be seem to be pretty good. So keep an eye on Tucson. It seems like all eyes are on the Arizona Wildcats this week. And if it happens this week, great. If it happens two weeks from now, who cares? As long as it happens, that's the thing you should be looking at if you're a BYU fan. All right, coming up here in just a minute, BYU players have started reporting to camp. They are going to have their first practice tomorrow. Obviously, the first media availability will be tomorrow. But I wanted to talk about some of the burning questions I have for BYU as they open training camp. What am I going to be looking at most during this month-long camp leading up to the season opener against Sam Houston State? We'll dig into that here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, my friends. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. It's very important when you're fixing your car to make sure that you have the right parts. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know if that part will fit or your money back. They guarantee it, my friends. Just because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices right now at ebaymotors.com. Once again, that's ebaymotors.com. Let's ride, my friends. Now a little PSA. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions, sub, uh, ex- exclusions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, everybody. Hope you guys are all doing well out there in Cougar Nation. BYU opens training camp today officially. Players are reporting, obviously, getting their jerseys, all their gear. I'm sure you'll see a vi- some videos coming out from BYU social media. Players checking out cleats, uh, getting their jerseys, the the player swag bag, if you want to call it that. The, the, they usually have a Nike duffel bag that's filled with all of their camp gear. It's Christmas in July, I guess, because it's still July 31st today. But uh, looking forward to that. And obviously the first practice tomorrow, August 1st, as BYU takes the field for the first time and looking ahead to the season opener against Sam Houston State. BYU has allotted 29 practices of during this month getting ready for that season opener against Sam Houston State. And it's going to be a long camp. Obviously it lasts an entire month, but there's plenty of storylines to watch out. So I, I sat down yesterday and wrote down some of the storylines I'm going to be watching for. So we'll call them our burning questions for BYU going into training camp. Uh, number one for me is obviously the, the, the dynamic between Keaton Slovis 
as well as his wide receivers. And I'll include the tight ends in this mix. And the, the, what, what I'm trying to look at in here is how does BYU divide up the wide receiver reps during training camp? Now, I will add the caveat that I will not be at every practice. BYU does not allow media access every day of camp. They have, we're going to have an average about two a, a week, maybe three, uh, depending on certain weeks. But uh, obviously, when I am out there, I'll be looking at how the wide receivers interact with Keaton Slovis. Does he have a favorite target when it's a, a critical down and distance if they're in some of these situational drills. Who does he target most? Is it Cody Epps? Is it Isaac Rex? Is it one of the new guys in Keelan Marion or Darius Lasseter? Is it Keanu Hill, the guy I think is my pick to be a wide receiver one for BYU this year? Like I think the lead dog uh, could be Keanu Hill. But I'm looking forward to seeing what the dynamic is between all these options and how they interact with Keaton Slovis. Because quarterbacks, I, I know that they all want to talk about sharing the ball and getting it to their all their guys, make sure they're all taken care of. But let's be real. They have two or three guys at the very most that they are their quote-unquote guys. They are the guys that in a, a third and sixth situation, you're telling that dude, get open, I'm getting you the ball. That Those are the guys. So is it uh, is, is it going to be Cody Epps? Because he and uh, Keaton Slovis have this fun little uh, relationship where they call each other elder. Are, are they going to link up? Are they going to be as good on the field buddies as they are off the field? Is Isaac Rex going to become that safety blanket for a guy like Keaton Slovis? Like I said, could one of the new guys, Darius Lasseter or Keelan Marion, who are transferring into the program, could they be one of those guys that ends up being a go-to option for Keaton Slovis? I think we'd be very interested to watch that. The next question I had is one that I think is going to be interesting here. It's who's the top five on the BYU offensive line? Now, the offensive line, in my opinion, uh, on paper, could go 10 deep, honestly. I I think they've got a very, very deep roster. I think there are two guys who I think you can put down in pen as starters for BYU right now walking into training camp. Those are the two holdovers from last year's squad. Those would be left tackle Kingsley Suomataia, who makes the uh, moves moves from right tackle to left tackle this year, and then I think also Connor Pay. I think those two, you can guarantee they'll be starting. Now, Connor Pay, where he ultimately plays, that's a question I've got. He could play any one of the guard spots or reprise his role as BYU starting center. I think it all depends on if Paul Miley is as good as he's cracked up to be coming in from the University of Utah. Other thing about Paul Miley, is he healthy? Because he has been out all of offseason with shoulder surgery that he underwent, missed all of spring camp when a lot of guys were getting uh, kind of up to speed on BYU's offense along that offensive front. How good is he going to be? But I think those two are going to be starters. The other three positions are very much up for grabs. I'd actually ta- tab a guy like Caleb Etienne as a guy I think probably ends up starting for BYU. I think a guy like Waylon Lapuaho has got a very, very strong opportunity to start a guard for BYU. Can Ian Fitzgerald as a grad transfer coming in from Missouri State, can he lock down a spot for himself or is he going to be an odd man out who might find himself on the bench as a senior? And obviously he was planning on playing a lot more uh, if, if that is how it pans out. That top five for BYU along the offensive line is going to be very important because you rarely want to have interchanging parts on an offensive front. You want to find five guys. You can get them working together, work as a cohesive unit because they have to work in concert with one another. That's a huge, huge dynamic of stellar offensive line play. So the O-line, the top five, who's that going to be? What is the defense ultimately going to look like? What is their base identity? I I can tell you it's going to be a four-man front alignment, I think, more often than not for BYU. But is it a 4-2-5 as their base alignment? Is it a 4-3? Is it a hybrid where it can morph into a 3-4-4-3 with a stand-up defensive end, rush end role? I'm just interested to see what the ultimate base alignment alignment for BYU's defense is. And maybe we won't get that answer. Maybe uh, Jay Hill will continue to mix it up every single day uh, doing different alignments, different defenses, just to make 
it uh, very hard for people to peg what he ultimately is going to do on defense. But I'm looking forward to seeing what that identity of the defense is because that in and of itself, having a cohesive identity of how BYU is going to operate on defense, it can go a long way to helping BYU improve on defense. It felt like too often over the past two or three seasons in particular, the defense week to week was trying to reinvent itself and change uh, its identity. This week we're going with a four-man alignment. This week we're doing drop eight. It's just, it was too much, too often of changes for BYU's defense. It felt like week to week. And that really, I think, hampered BYU's ability. Now, talent base, there's a question there as well, but I think they've done a good job upgrading the talent base on defense via the transfer portal this offseason. Guys like Eddie Heckard, A.J. Vongpachan, uh, Isaiah Banya, uh, Jackson Cravens, all guys, and there's many more that I could list, Camden Garrett, etc., who have come into BYU, and I think they're going to upgrade BYU's overall talent base on defense. That is going to be very interesting to see what the new uh, cohesive identity for BYU's defense looks like and how much that can help them knowing that, hey, this is what we're going to run. This is what we're known for. We don't get out of it unless we're absolutely forced to. That's going to be very interesting for me to watch as well. Now, other question. This one I've had since spring camp. Will they settle on a kicker? Uh, I think the bigger thing for BYU, biggest thing for BYU when it comes to their kicking game is identify somebody here in the first week or two, settle on them, and make them the guy for the rest of camp. Uh, tell the other guys, thank you for competing. Continue to do your work. If this guy falters at any point during the season, obviously you will have an opportunity to go out and show what you're capable of. But right now we're going with this guy. You can't let this linger all camp long. At least I think you can't. Now, obviously, Kelly Papinga has to make that decision. He will be the special teams coordinator for BYU, but I think a guy like Will Farron, Matthias Dunn, Justin Smith, even, uh, is it Jared Capisi, Jason Capisi? I remember what uh, the younger Capisi who's kicking in camp for BYU, it sounds like. Who of those guys will emerge early on? And my money right now, I'd say it's probably Matthias Dunn, but I can't can't count out any of the other guys. But you got to identify somebody early on and put your trust in them and get them engrossed in the position. And hopefully it will pay off, uh, even though we had all those questions all offseason long about adding adding a kicker via the transfer portal. Two more questions I'm looking for. How quick will the 25 or so transfers that came into BYU, how quickly can you get them integrated and fitting in on the football field? Now, that also does not even count the junior college transfers as well as enrolled high school players. Guys like JoJo Phillips, Cialia Serra, uh, David Latu comes in via Snow College along with two of his teammates, John Taumoya Payao, as well as one other that's uh, skipping my mind off the top of my head, but you got to get all these bodies integrated and working together. Upwards of half of this roster has not played football together at any point. you got a month here to get them up to speed. How quickly can you get them to gel? How, can, how quickly can you get that team dynamic to come together? That's a huge question that BYU's got to answer early on. Now, the final question I've got here for BYU with regards to training camp is who is going to be the training camp all-star or all-American? There is somebody, it happens in spring camp, it happens in the training camp, that comes out and just wows us. I'd say in spring camp, it was Dom Henry. And I'm not saying that Dom Henry is going to disappear and not play at all this season. Obviously, there's a lot of wide receivers on that roster and he had a fantastic spring with some of the other wide receivers not available to practice. I think he's established himself in the pecking order with his performance during spring ball. But who is that guy offensively, defensively, or even in special teams potentially who emerges as the, wow, did you see this guy? 
I've got some ideas of guys it could be. I think it could be like a guy like Parker Kingston at wide receiver for BYU. Could it be Deion Smith at running back? Uh, could it be a, a young linebacker? Let's say an Isaiah Glasker, for example. I know BYU was very high on his dynamic ability at linebacker. Could it be one of the Kafusis at linebacker? Micah or Ace, could they make a move up the depth chart? There, there are going to be dudes in this camp who are going to emerge and become the quote-unquote it guy in training camp. Will it translate to the football field? Not very often. A lot of these guys end up uh, kind of being bench warmers during the season, but they have their moments during uh, training camp or during, in other cases, spring camp that really make them stand out. But it doesn't mean they can't be uh, a part of the core for BYU. They may end up as, as, a, as a reserve, but you have to keep an eye on them throughout training camp. But my question is, who will that training camp All-American be? If you guys have an idea of who you think it might be, you've got uh, intel on something, a guy that you think could be that uh, star on the field for BYU, respond in the comments below. Um, by the way, if you have not done so already, please hit the like button uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, send us an email. Uh, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Also, you can send us a, a, a link, uh, not a link, uh, uh, a tweet, or, or send us a DM on uh, Instagram or Facebook. We'd love nothing more than for you guys to have your thoughts heard. And obviously, we'll talk more about those on tomorrow's show. We'll talk tomorrow about kind of position battles I'm looking forward to as well, uh, getting ready. And then obviously tomorrow evening, I will be out there at BYU uh, at their first practice. Obviously, only going to be in helmets tomorrow during that NCAA-mandated acclimatization period. But uh, obviously, BYU back on the field, that in and of itself is worth everything. It means it's we've made it through the offseason, folks. We are coming down the pipe. We're 33 days away uh, from BYU kicking off the season. Raider to Mooney Day, for those of you out there who might be celebrating and looking forward to it. But yeah, let me know. Uh, if you have thoughts on any of those questions I, I posed, you have other questions you're looking for in training camp, or like I said, if you have that uh, training camp All-American, the guy who's going to stand out in training camp, you, uh, you want to cast your vote for a guy, love nothing more than to have you guys hop in our mentions and let us know who you think that's going to be. All right, coming up here in a moment, we'll just wrap up today's show looking at a new addition to the BYU uh, uh, I'm trying to say their, their signing class for 2024. A five-star prospect. Well, it's not... Uh, we'll explain. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about another game in BYU football history from 2021 as we get our look back at the 2021 season for BYU. All of that coming up here in just a moment. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home, you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends. Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes is Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They got communities, home designs, and price points all designed to help meet your needs, my friends. It's a very important part when it comes to building your house, and it's, it's kind of the focal point of where you gather with your family. It's a very important thing to have fit your needs. That's what Perry Homes is here for. they got beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah County, as well as multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs. they got Ramblers, two stories, townhomes, and anything in between. Once again, all with you in mind as a consumer to fit your needs. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to move now, and they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender right now as well. So get on it, my friends. Visit Perry perryhomesutah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's perryhomesutah.com now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine, everybody. Hope you guys are having a fantastic one. I hope you had a great weekend. I've uh, been pretty oppressively hot here in the state of Utah. Now, I know some of you out there, I know Josh, you're down there in the Valley of the Sun, uh, but in Arizona, 
It's been very hot here along the Wasatch Front. The monsoon range is supposed to be coming in. Hopefully, they'll cool it off a little bit. And I'm sure BYU football players don't want to be practicing in 100-degree heat. But, hey, the nice part is, is if it gets too hot or if it gets too rainy, BYU has the indoor practice facility. That, that is the positive on that front. And the other thing about this, the, the thing about uh, BYU training camp beginning means our practice insiders start to check back in. And those of you who may be new to the podcast, uh, I've got um, – We'll call them sources inside the BYU football program. They attend far more practices than I will ever attend in a BYU training camp or spring camp, and they feed us information. So stay tuned for those. We'll be passing along all the intel that we can muster on uh, this podcast. Make sure you join us every single day. I'm going to start efforting to do a a second shorter version of the podcast. Call it a, a, I don't know, a secondary podcast. A shorter version. I I wouldn't go more than 10 minutes probably with some other thoughts maybe during the day on on BYU stuff. I can't guarantee it would be an everyday day thing, but something I'm looking to do. I'd love to uh, pump out more content for you guys, so uh, keep an eye on that. We'll be doing that uh, more in the YouTube space, but obviously we'll do it on the uh, regular podcast feeds as well, uh, but uh, if you want more kind of short form, uh, we call them, they call them shorts on YouTube. I'll do some of those as well. Just quick updates of what's going on in BYU sports. If you want all that stuff, make sure you follow the show on YouTube. And by the way, uh, final call. Uh, we're going to do the giveaway, I think, on Friday. That's one I've kind of pegged it for. I think I've got everything uh, situated with regards to our giveaway. Those of you who may be tuning in for the first time, what we're doing is we're giving away a Jaron Hall signed football. It's the grand prize of a summer-long uh, effort to build up our, uh, our subscriber base, listener base, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've got other BYU gear we're giving away, but the grand prize is a Jaron Hall signed football. Football. If you guys like to be entered to win for that, all you got to do is email us. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Uh, send us a screenshot of you being subscribed on YouTube and wherever else you happen to subscribe. Even if you don't listen to the show on YouTube or watch it on YouTube very often, please subscribe there. Help us build up the audience on that side of things. Obviously, the thousands of you who listen to us on our regular podcast feeds. Big thank you to you for all that support as well. All right. Final notes before we go on today's show. Uh, BYU got a big commitment over the weekend. If you if you consider long snapper commitments big, uh, Cannon Skidmore from Red Mountain High School, Mesa, Arizona, was offered by special teams coordinator Kelly Papinga in June. Uh, he announced his commitment this past weekend. Says, "I am home." Uh, no, she actually home with exclamation points. Hashtag Go Cougs. Now, uh, Skidmore is a six foot two, two hundred five pound long snapper, and long snappers are, are very. important. Excuse me, very important when it comes to special teams. You don't know a long snapper's name very often unless they screw up. That's the thing. They toil in anonymity, kind of like offensive linemen, but even more anonymous than O-linemen in many ways because they don't play as many plays as, a, as an offensive lineman in a game. But if they screw up a snap, it, whether it's in a PAT, field goal, punt, whatever it might be, you're, you're going to know their name. But having a guy like this who is rated five stars uh, by his uh, by, by his own recruiting service, Kenan Skidmore, he does this stuff. Uh, who is it? Is it the... Uh, what's the name of that? Uh, Rick uh, Rubio. Rubio's long snapping. That's who rated him five stars. Obviously, you can never have too many high-level players of this uh, variety. And I would imagine, I, I don't know this for sure, I'm assuming Skidmore will be a walk-on with BYU. You very rarely give a scholarship to a long snapper out of high school. But nonetheless, good to have him on board with the BYU football program. Other things, uh, I'm going to be looking to see if I can get some intel on guys like Noah Lugo, who visited BYU this past weekend. Uh, there were a number of uh, guys on campus for unofficial visits uh, based 
based on what I was hearing. Any intel I receive on any of those guys, I'll be happy to pass along. I'm going to do some digging on that today, and hopefully have more for you guys on that on tomorrow's uh, podcast. All right, a couple of notes before we go on today's show is a congratulations to all the former BYU golfers and guys with ties to the state of Utah. Had a great weekend across the board. Uh, guys like Patrick Fishburn, who is all but locked up, it looks like, uh, a, a PGA Tour card for next year. He moved into the 15th spot in the Corn uh, Ferry Tour with a runner-up finish at the Corn Ferry event yesterday. He was in a playoff. They ultimately lost. Uh, he is coming back to Utah this week for the Utah Championship and Obviously, uh, looking forward to having some of these BYU golfers back uh, on home turf, so to say, and have them in Utah playing, but also on the PGA Tour. Zach Blair has locked up his PGA Tour card for next year. He was off for the majority of the past two years before this with a shoulder surgery or repairing a labrum. Had to uh, play well enough to retain his tour card. It's called an injury, uh, I guess, what do they call it? An injury designation, whatever it might be. But he has earned his tour card as he made a top 15 finish yesterday at the 3M Open. Tony Fee now, who was a commit to BYU before going pro as a teenager. He, uh, he finished in the top 15 of that event as well. So great things across the board. And Tyson Shelley, by the way, BYU men's golf right now, uh, he actually won an amateur event over the weekend. It was up in uh, Vancouver. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. I probably should have looked this up, you know, before I recorded the podcast. But I didn't, uh, there was a Pacific Coast amateur up at the uh, Capilano Golf and Country Club. He tied the course record, which has stood for 20 years uh, with a 62 amidst that win. So congratulations to Tyson Shelley on that when the future of BYU golf and the present uh, sure looks very, very good. All right, final note before we go on today's show is looking back at a game in BYU football history of their independent run. We are grinding our way. We've done it all offseason long, looking at all 155 games of BYU's uh, run through independence. Well, they opened the 2021 season with a new quarterback at the helm of BYU's offense. That was Jaron Hall. Obviously, he made his first career start for BYU back in 2019, but then kind of gave way in 2020 to Zach Wilson. Uh, he replaced Zach Wilson, who was injured that season and got injured himself. But the nice part was they opened Open 2021 down there at the new Allegiant Stadium was brand new at the time. BYU taking on Arizona in the Vegas kickoff classic. So it was a crazy game because uh, many of you might recall there was the injury early on in this one, just minutes into the game that necessitated I was a 30 minutes plus uh, of, of a delay in the game. Uh, but the biggest thing about this was it was BYU uh, getting a win to start off a new era of football with a new quarterback under center. The bigger thing for Jaron Hall was is they came out and he was not necessarily just lights out, but the nice part was is uh, he played steady. And that's the biggest thing BYU needed in a game like this as they rolled to a 24-16 victory. Hall ended up 18-28, 198 yards and two touchdowns in the win. Tyler Algier started what would be a pretty legendary two-season run for BYU. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, two-season run uh, continued, I should say, with 17 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that kind of portended what the future was going to hold for a guy like uh, Tyler Algier because that was a very pedestrian game, all things considered, amidst the 2020 and 2021 seasons that he put together. But we'll talk more about those as they come. But Neil Pau had a great game in this uh, one. Eight receptions, 126 yards. He had that 67-yard touchdown to open the scoring, excuse me, second touchdown for BYU after Algier ran in for 15 yards out for his lone touchdown. Neil Pout will go 67 yards for the touchdown there. And a big win for BYU to open the season 1-0. And then they will return home, uh, trying to avoid the hashtag tennis coming as they took on the University of Utah the following week. And we will talk about that on tomorrow's podcast because we all know that was an absolutely masterful performance and a big win for BYU. And we'll talk about that one on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. By the way, tomorrow, also, uh, getting ready uh, for 
for our first practice. Obviously, a full reaction from that coming up on Wednesday. So you know what? The goal here is to have you guys join us every day. We call you everydayers here on the podcast. Do not miss it. It is go time. Football season is here. I know that they're not playing games yet, but it's here, folks. Football season is underway, so get ready for it. Make sure you join us every single day. And a big thank you to all of you once again for making us your first listen of the day. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday whenever you hear this and or watch it. And, of course, we'll reconvene with you guys tomorrow uh, talking all things kind of position battles, uh, recruiting updates, all the like. And who knows? If Arizona decides to jump to the, the Big 12 on today, we'll talk about that as well. So, nonetheless, plenty to cover. And a big thank you for all of your support. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.